Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, this season is nothing if it's not a roller coaster, am I right? Just when you think they've got it, yeah, maybe the Jazz don't have it. They went to the last four games needing to win three of the four. They had a mulligan. They could lose one game after the Suns fell to the Lakers. And they used that on Monday night. Jazz lose to the Warriors. And what a crazy game. Really, even in the first half, Jazz really let it get away in the third quarter. And then with about eight minutes to go in the game, down by 18, Jordan Clarkson catches fire. And the Jazz retake the lead and have the ball with 45 seconds left in the game. Clarkson took a three. He missed it. The Warriors came down. Curry missed a three, but the Warriors got the offensive rebound. And guess who they got the ball back to? And guess who made a three? And that did it for the Jazz. Curry seals the deal. There were a couple more chances there, and Clarkson drove and didn't get a bucket going to the hoop. Maybe there was a foul. He didn't think so. He thought he got fouled on the previous three. And they did get the ball back, and he had one more three, and he missed that. And that was the end of the game. So Clarkson finishes with 41 points. He was 0 for 8 at the three-point line, and he finished 5 of 16 from the three-point line. Hit four in a row at one point. It was an incredible comeback. He had a couple of three-point plays driving to the hoop. It was really a remarkable comeback by the Jazz. Now, you can argue they shouldn't have been in that situation. They shouldn't have fallen that far behind. They shouldn't have given up so many points off live ball turnovers. They shouldn't have given up so many points off missed threes and long rebounds, and the Warriors were able to run off those. They shouldn't have given up so many points off offensive rebounds. You know, there were so there were a bunch of plays you could look at and say this one, that one, this one, that one. And Poole hit a three-pointer, banked it in from half court, kind of in the corner, one of the last places you'd bank the ball from. It's kind of where the half court line meets the sideline on the left side. And that ended up in a three-point win, being three really big points. So <clears throat> of course, all of this will be very different if Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley are back. They're not back yet. They didn't play in this game. But if they're back for the playoffs, presumably they will be. If they won't be, you wouldn't think the playoffs go on all that long anyway. But we expect they will be back. Um, that was <clears throat> that was an absolutely crazy game to watch. So the Jazz had the mulligan to use. They use it. They lose to the Warriors, who show why they can be dangerous in any one game. Now, can the Warriors do that four times in a seven-game series? Can the Warriors do that on the road? I think the one thing we saw... Young players play better at home. And the Warriors now, who have some young players, have won both their home games. As you'll hear coming up in the best of the postgame show, uh, I think it was Rudy who brought it up. He said, yeah, we let, let their role players get comfortable and get going. And, of course, role players are going to be more comfortable at home. The home team has now won all three games between the Jazz and the Warriors, and they played two of the three in Oakland. So the Warriors win two of the three games. So, there you go. All right. Now we'll see if the Suns can beat the Warriors because the Suns are playing the Warriors tonight after the Jazz softened them up. And, of course, the Jazz will play the Blazers on Wednesday and then the Suns will play the Blazers on Thursday after the Jazz have softened them up. The Suns get to catch the Warriors and the Blazers Blazers on the back end of a back-to-back. So, We'll see if that works to their advantage, or maybe they'll drop a game, or maybe the Jazz will win the last three, and it won't matter. There's still many options, but the mulligan the Jazz had when we did the show yesterday, they no longer have. So, magic number still sits at three for the Jazz. they got three games left. If they win it, they don't need any help. 
But if the Suns want to drop a game or two, I don't suppose anybody would mind. I don't know if you saw it last night, but <clears throat> the Spurs absolutely crushed Milwaukee. And Antetokounmpo played. And so did Middleton. But uh, Patty Mills came off the bench and went berserk. And so did Rudy Gay. So the Spurs win. And the Spurs play the Suns twice at the end of the year. So we'll see if the Spurs can take a game off Phoenix. Still a lot of different things that can happen down the stretch. And we now only have six days left in the season. In the, in the regular season before it really heats up. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Stay with us. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Time to hear from our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. He joined us late in the show yesterday, so obviously he doesn't know about the Monday night results, but with a week to go in the season, his big-picture look at teams, their health, how that impacts their rhythm getting ready for the playoffs, and who ought to be wanting to play each other and avoid each other, all interesting stuff. Here's Steve Cleveland with PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, right away, Jazz Nation, they hate to do this. Makes them feel dirty. Makes them throw up in their mouth a little bit. But they did it. They rooted for your Lakers to beat the Suns, and your Lakers came through, and now the Jazz have a two-game lead. I assume you are now 100% confident that the Jazz will be the one seed in the playoffs, thanks to the purple and gold. <laughs> hey, listen, man, I celebrate the Jazz from my heart as well, and I'm uh, amazing 50 games, and obviously I don't know if Donovan Mitchell's been out seven, eight games or so, but they've just never missed a step. So congratulations to them. I can't see them not being the number one seed. And um, they just had a terrific year. So when you were coaching and it came time for a conference tournament, how much did you worry about, oh, we got to play this team or that team, as opposed to just worrying about yourself? Because we talk to Jazz fans every day, and they're you know concerned about, oh, we don't want the Lakers in our bracket. We don't want the Clippers in our bracket. Well, you got to play somebody at some point anyway. So what's the level of concern there? You know, I don't, I don't think that you sit there and, and, and really give a lot of thought to it because you're just trying to get your team ready to play the best basketball they can play, no matter who you play. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it would be – it wouldn't be honest to say, hey, you know, if uh, back in the day we, you know, we had a chance to play uh, Wyoming instead of, you know, Utah or San Diego State or whatever. I mean, you do think about those things. You think about matchups, but you don't spend a lot of time on it until you find out who your opponent is. And I think that with Utah, uh, they played everybody, you know, two or three times, and they have a pretty good sense in the feel of who they are. I think they're more, a lot more interested in making sure they're healthy. And I think the playoffs are also times where you, you tweak some things. Not that you're going to change your offense or do things, but it, it is a good time to put in new out-of-bounds plays, new quick hitters, new specials, things that they have not even used 
that's what you do to prepare and get your guys ready. And uh, and, and down the road, I mean, I, I, you go from one round to the next. You're you're making changes. You're you're tweaking little things that might give you an advantage. A bucket after uh, uh, you know a free or you know after a foul situation, sideline out of bounds play, or whatever it might be. Uh, you, you, those are the things as a coaching staff. You're always thinking about what we can do to to, to be a little more effective. The Jazz are so unselfish and move the ball better than anybody in the league that they've got a, they've got a group of guys that have such high IQs on the floor offensively that they seldom take bad shots. And uh, unless it's the shot clock runs down and that no one was open and they have to take a leg one. And I think that's one of the really um, special things about this team is, is the chemistry and uh, the unselfishness, the movement of the ball, one more pass, another pass. And it's, it's what's uh, it really, really uh, made this a special year because of what those things. And not to say that they're not defending because they're doing that as well, but I, I've really been impressed with what's happened since Mitchell has been out. I mean, everybody has stepped up. And uh, no more than Bogdanovich, who the last three or four games has just been unbelievably uh, shooting the ball in a way that I've never seen him shoot it for. And so I think I think everything's rolling. It'll be you know probably be a little bit of an adjustment when Donovan Mitchell comes back. It won't take long, and they'll just plug him in. He's another guy, and obviously a guy that averages 26 points per game. But this team has been really resilient with Mitchell being out. So I think that when he comes back and when Conley comes back, everything pretty everyone kind of slides back into their roles, and I don't have a lot of worries about that. I think the one thing, and and Joe and Mike have both talked about this when they're on the floor together, Conley may go to the corner and be decoy guy a little more and let Joe initiate some pick and rolls, keeping him involved. Uh, so I, I think some of that could happen. But I look at the Lakers and I. It's got to be risky as a coach to change guys' roles at this point in the season, but I'm wondering if what they're seeing, you know, does Caruso just have to have a bigger role? And how are they going to sort out which big guys play when and which big guys do they want to play together? It doesn't look that clear to me. And maybe it's because I watch more of the Jazz than I watch of the Lakers, so it may just be my perspective. But it seems to me like there's some tempting stuff for the Lakers to do, and yet it may be too late. It may not be a good idea. What do you think? I, I think, and, and part of me says it's too late. That you get, but that, that being said, then there's a fan in me that says that they've played such ugly basketball for a while here, and uh, even even with uh, getting AD back, and it, it, everything's just been so static. And uh, I, I think that they they do certainly, and, and I think they have an idea what the combinations are going to be. I mean, getting LeBron on the floor mm-hmm. healthy. And AD, after a big night last night, getting some confidence back, it's still going to be a team people don't want to play. But I think they are sure. I mean, you've got Schroeder, who's still out for another 10 days, I don't know, 7, 8, 10 days uh, with protocol issues. And there's your point guard. You know, it's not like Caruso can't do it, because last year in the playoffs, Caruso had some really, really special moments. I mean, he played a huge role in that team. He's, I think he's about 6'5". He's strong. He's got a pretty high IQ. He doesn't try to do too much. He knows where the ball needs to get. So I, I think having Crusoe and getting him minutes is probably a good thing. A shooter will be back. It gives them a little bit more depth. I think the positive for the Lakers is that there's probably going to be a feeling after last night's game and maybe even their play in the last 
day or two or three that uh, we, we can do this. Now, at the, the end of the day, they still have to do it. And the thing that scares me about the Lakers is I, I believe that they can. I think Vogel's a good defensive coach. I think they can get back to guarding. And once they get LeBron on the floor, they're going to be much better defensively. Uh, because, he, you know, he is going to be re- – even though he's been hurt, he's going to be rested. And he'll have the energy to defend and when he needs to. But I, I just think it, it's, a, it's a team that there's still a lot of question marks about. But that being said, if I'm the Jazz or the Suns and one of those two teams is going to end up playing them, um, yeah, you know, you'd, ra- you'd rather start with maybe someone else. <laughs> because this I do know. I mean, LeBron, if he's healthy and he can play – he is a leader on that floor, and uh, he has the capability of taking games over. And AD gets his. Con- I, I thought Anthony Davis really, really struggled for a long time, and I, I saw the highlights of last night's game. And obviously, he kind of went off. But if the two of them are clicking, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan about AD playing a lot on the perimeter. Uh, I, I just think the the Lakers are better. Like having Gasol in the game, uh, I know he's got his deficiencies. I actually like him in the game because he stretches teams defensively, can put AD down, and 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 you can now you can you can have AD pop out or play inside. Uh, I just think sometimes he tends to settle for jumpers, and I mind you that they, they were going in last night, but he settles for jumpers sometimes when he could be in banging and getting some fouls and getting to the free throw line. So I like a combination. I mean, I, I, I Gasol not not really play well at all during most of the season, but when he played against the Clippers. He, he gives you something if he's knocking the three ball down. That spacing that the Lakers don't have great spacing. They kind of stand and don't move without the ball. With Gasol, he can pick and pop. And uh, I just like AD having some minutes down low. I, I just think they're better. They're better when he can get down there and get get fouls and get free throws, and then step out and and uh, hit, hit the three ball and step out and hit that mid range jumper which he loves at the elbow. So you referenced Bogdanovich tear, and obviously with the 48 points really exemplified it, but he's been doing it now for a number of games. He's really filled the void with Mitchell being out, and he talked about earlier in the season he wasn't hitting his shots, so he put the ball on the floor, went to the basket. Now he's got both aspects working. And so I'm wondering with Mitchell and Conley when they do come back, if you're Quinn Snyder, what is your message to Bogdanovich to make sure he stays where he's at? Well, I think, first of all, he, he doesn't need to change anything about his game. And they, they would, I mean, sometimes people, and I've been guilty of this, sometimes we tend to overcoach. You get in situations, it's postseason, it's a, a big weekend, and, you know, I mean, you, you can do that. And all of a sudden, the things that have been really working for you, because you add bodies to the team and you have a different lineup, uh, you, you do things a little bit differently. I, I just don't think they do anything differently. And McDonavich, and, and Mitchell is another creator. He's a guy that can find guys. McDonavich, it, it, you, you mentioned it. I mean, he's been, has the ability to put the thing on the ball. He's playing with so much confidence. Um, I, don't, I don't think they have to rely on Donovan Mitchell like they may have thought they had to. I don't think it has to be the mindset. He'll come back. It'll take him a little bit of time to get his legs under him and, and get back. But they, I don't think they change anything about what they're doing. I mean, Bogdanovich is playing with so much confidence. Nang, is it, how, how does he spell his name? Is it Nang? Yeah, George Nang. Yeah, There's I, an S on the yeah. end of George that's signed. Yeah, he, he has, I mean, he's another guy 
that uh, has really stepped up in, in Donovan Mitchell's absence. So the team has actually, I think, got, I mean, it may seem silly, but they've actually gotten better through, through the, the, the attrition of losing Conley at times and Donovan Mitchell. It's, what it's done is instilled confidence and uh, let guys know that, 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 hey, you know what, we want, certainly want those guys healthy and playing, but we can do this with or without them. I and mean, that's kind of the mindset that a Joe Ingles has. I mean, you watch him play. You know, and I, and I love him actually uh, at the top of the key with the ball because he's got size. He's just got a bright mind. He sees the floor, and and I know that role it might be for Con. You know, you mentioned Conley maybe going down in the corners, but even when Donovan Mitchell, I like it when Joe Ingles has the ball in his hands. He makes good decisions. He can see over defenses, and uh, and you can't get two or three steps off him because he he's just shooting the ball well. So uh, I, I like those moments when when Joe's up top. He, he makes things happen. Steve Cleveland joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So the team that's getting overlooked as we talk Jazz and Lakers is the Clippers, and they've gone through a rough stretch here, losing, uh, what, four out of six or five out of seven, whatever it is. Uh, Kawhi Leonard out, then back in. Doesn't seem like a spark. Maybe they're struggling to reintegrate him, and it'll be fine. Uh, Are we overlooking them? Should we be overlooking them? What do you think? I, you know, I, 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 would, I mean, the, the fan base may be uh, upset and disappointed with what's happening. Uh, I think that they need, they too need to get healthy. I, I, I don't know what the word is on Ibaka, but Ibaka's on the floor. Serge Ibaka can can do things that this team needs that they can stretch and open the floor because he has the ability to knock threes down. I just don't know about his whereabouts or if he's even coming back at all. But uh, they have been plagued by some injuries. I've watched them play a couple of times recently. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Rondo was a good addition for him. I think he, you know, he brings something to the table that, with that experience and so forth. But, but you're right. I, I don't think their bench is great. And uh, Paul's been playing pretty well. Uh, but they need, they, need a healthy, they need a healthy team. And they, they've kind of suffered with injuries. So uh, I, I don't think that right now where they're at is where they want to be. But you, I would never – uh, discount that team. I mean, I just think on any given night they're capable of doing things, but um, they just had a hard time finding an identity. You know, every, and when everything is initiated from the perimeter on the wings and so forth, you, you know, there's never really been a, any kind of inside presence established in that game. Rondo has helped with decision making. Patrick Beverly is back, but I, do, I mean, I, I think Patrick Beverly does bring some really good things to that team in terms of energy and, and defending and so forth. But he, but he's not he's not a great offensive player, and he doesn't he he's not, doesn't have that mindset of a point guard like Rondo plays, and so I think that uh, uh, you know they've struggled because of it. And uh, but I I still that's another team I wouldn't want to necessarily play, just because you know what their their upside is, and uh, it's just a fact that both both Paul I mean neither one of the, the you know the key players have played well together at the same time a lot of times, and, and a lot of it has to do with injuries, but. Uh, I, the Clippers are still capable, and uh, Utah and Phoenix are going to end up playing somebody pretty good at some point in time. And uh, I think probably, well, Utah is going to win the division, so they're not going to. I don't think that they would play the Lakers if they win their first game in that playing game. Let's say that happens, they go in the playing. They're going to end up playing. They're going to end up being the seventh seed, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So they'll play Phoenix, and I, I don't think they're going to be afraid of Phoenix, and where, where they just beat them without LeBron. So. Uh, that's that's the difficult matchup for Phoenix, but 
at some point in time. I'm, I am uh, hopeful that the Lakers can put it together and, and be competitive again and get it done, but I, I won't be surprised and I won't be that disappointed. I, am, uh, I, I just love that we've got new people and new teams, and the East is the same way. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that Philadelphia seems to be playing better and that Brooklyn was you know, so many guys in and out of the lineup are obviously talented. I don't know that there's many people other than that live in Brooklyn that are going to be pulling for them. <laughs> but uh, the, the top three in the East, uh, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, uh, are all teams that are better. And, I mean, if Brooklyn gets everybody back, they're obviously going to be amazing. But I like the way Philadelphia has been playing. I, even though Simmons isn't shooting the ball from the perimeter, uh, they're, they're going to be a tough out. Defensively, they're much better this year. And I think there's not nearly as much pressure on Milwaukee as there has been in the past. And they haven't handled that well. So I, I think the East is going to be a little better than people think. And uh, it's going to be an exciting NBA playoffs. So you already referenced Phoenix losing to the Lakers and all talking about how there's a very good possibility that they could play in the first round. How much do you buy that messages are sent in the regular season because the Lakers, a watered-down version of the Lakers, although Anthony Davis was at his best, beat the Suns. So my point being, should the Suns be all that in a nervous panic? Oh, my gosh, we might have to play the Lakers in the first round. Do you buy that there's a statement made in the first uh, in the regular season? Not with Chris Paul leading that team. I don't think he's, that's not going to be allowed. There, there won't be those conversations. I mean, they'll have obviously respect. They know what they're up against. Um, I just think that a, a, a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD, that's more than that team can deal with inside and outside. And, I, and I, even though the Phoenix would have a, you know, the home court advantage, um, I, I do believe that if LeBron comes back and he's any semblance of himself, that that's a series that L.A. certainly feels they can win and, and probably will win. Um, but I don't think that's going to be Phoenix mindset. I mean, they, they've had such a great year and to have the kind of leadership that they have, not, you know, with, with the coaching staff and especially with Chris Paul, um, I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I guess those thoughts can creep into your mind and you wonder, Hey, last time I played him, but you know what, they'll be ready. They're not going to be surprised. And, uh, they have a body of work. And, and a lot of the experts believe that Phoenix healthy and, and, uh, is you know most of the guys are picking Phoenix to beat LA because LA has been so up and down. I understand that, but uh, there is something to be said about the Lakers, the history, and uh, despite the fact that they have had no chemistry on the floor and just literally ball movement, was just static and um, guys taking quick shots and, and so forth. Vogel, uh, one thing that he did a good job of last year is he really put a good defensive game plan together for every game they played. And I expect the same thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the Lakers are healthy, I think they beat Phoenix. I mean, and it may, be, it may take seven games to do it because they don't have home court advantage. But I do not believe Phoenix doesn't believe they can't win. I mean, Chris Paul is just such a competitor and has had a huge influence on that team. Besides the fact that Booker's really special. and I mean, they, they're having a great year. And they have a lot of confidence. And you know, I, I listen to a little bit of NBA Serious Radio, and, and uh, most of the experts there feel like Phoenix has the ability to, to, to win that series, even if LeBron comes back. But I don't know. I, I, I just I got to believe that the Lake, if LeBron's healthy, LA wins that series. Steve, as always, we appreciate it. When we talk to you again next week, 
It'll, well, it won't all be set because we'll have the play-in series right in front of us, but the top six yep. will be set, and we'll know that. We'll talk to you then, and uh, have a good week. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. There's Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He'll be back with us next week. The regular season will be done. We'll be into the play-in games, which are apparently neither regular season nor playoffs. They are their own thing. Uh, we will talk with him about that next week. Next, the best of the Jazz Post Game Show after the Jazz and the Warriors. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone, the Utah Jazz. A miraculous rally. They take the lead and then ultimately lose to the Golden State Warriors. Time to get a complete wrap-up on everything that happened with the best of the post-game show. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK in 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. Jazz lose last night in San Francisco to the Warriors 119 to 116. Jordan Clarkson had uh, truly a, a, a hot and cold type performance. He had 41 points on 16 of 33 shooting, 5 of 16 uh, from 3 at 7 rebounds. Started the game extremely slow and then just caught fire in the fourth quarter. 24 points in the fourth quarter from Jordan Clarkson and uh, bringing the Jazz really back into this one, but they just came up a tad bit short and lose by three. Let's start things off. Let's get some post-game sound for you with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, um, obviously a great comeback from being down 18 in the fourth with JC getting hot, but kind of what were the problem areas leading up to that? Well, they, you know, they're hard to guard. They've got one of the best players in the world. And, you know, you have to do a lot of things um, to try to make it hard on him. And that can expose your defense. Um, you know, it's harder to protect the rim and the paint. Um, but I thought thought we, we had some, some turnovers that, that ended up in, in easy buckets for them that's what I told our guys and you know the offensive glass when we we did get stops um when we got stops late it's because of a defensive rebound and then we were able to come down and attack in transition but there were times where you know I think you know second chance points um you know particularly in a a timely situation where you've worked really hard to defend and you get a stop and then you don't come up with it but um again you know I was really um, proud of the way we competed, as you said. I, I think that's, um, to me, that's the overarching um, thing to take from this game. And then, and as I mentioned, you know, a couple of things that, that we, we we know we need to do, um, you know, to have that competitive effort turn into a win. Next up, David James, KUTV. Quinn, have you been around many players like uh, Jordan Clarkson who can be 0 for 8 from 3 and really just struggling and then 5 of 8 from 3 down the stretch like that? Can you talk about his performance? 
Well, I, I think, you know, the shots that he's getting, you know, he, tonight uh, he, he was really, I thought he did a great job of adjusting um, to the way he was being guarded, um, where he, he took some of those clean threes off the dribble in transition, um, you know, and then he got to the rim. Um, so it, to answer your question more specifically, um, you know, Jordan is mentally tough. And, you know, when you have a guy that believes in himself like that, has the confidence he has, um, I think he's able to, to really get to the next play when he, when he misses a shot. So he, he gives himself a chance to do that, um, you know, with his frame of mind. And, and he competes. So, uh, no, I haven't been around a lot of guys like him, and I, I love that I get to be around him. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, uh, you guys didn't get to the rim a lot tonight. Statistically, you haven't in a lot of games. And, you know, is that obviously you're missing Mike Conley, you're missing Donovan Mitchell. Do you feel like you can still get to the rim more even without those guys? Or is it just kind of a function of the personnel you're working with right now? Well, you know, different combinations of players have to score different ways. I, I thought Trent did a good job getting to the rim tonight. Um, you know, they're a long athletic team that pressures you. And, you know, Jordan got to the rim. Um, but obviously, you know, both are true. You know, we'd be Donovan and Mike are pretty good getting to the rim. They're both quick. And, um, but that doesn't mean that, um, we have to get to the rim other ways. I think bogey's been getting there. You know, we've got to move it and then, you know, shift the defense and then usually drive the second side. But, um, you know, obviously it's something that we're conscious of because it, it creates other offense for us. All right, we have time for one more. We're going to go Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, uh, Rudy only had one shot attempt, I think, in the first half, and then it looked like you guys made a pretty concerted effort uh, to start the third quarter to, like, go to him early on. Was that the case, or what was sort of competing against him to not get that many touches? Well, teams, you know, Rudy impacts the game so much on the offensive end by doing things that don't always result in, you know, in points or, or even touches in some instances. Um, but, you know, when he does that, he creates offense for, for other people. So I, I think the game often, you know, dictates those things depending really on how that they're playing pick and roll. But I, I thought, you know, he did a good job. Um, getting out quickly on his rolls to the rim in the second half. And, you know, I thought we settled in a little bit. We were struggling offensively for a while there. And some of that's, you know, you're missing shots. But, uh, you know, Rudy has games where um, there's not as many opportunities. And then he has games where he finds them. And a lot of that's just dictated on how people play him. And, you know, for him to be kind of understanding that, um, you know, is, 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 is a good thing. I think his understanding of the game and what's available, you know, helps him make, you know, really better and better reads in those situations. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team came up just a bit short, 119 to 116. You heard coach, though, saying uh, how much he enjoys uh, coaching uh, Jordan Clarkson and uh, how Jordan is able to to view the game and have the confidence and uh, go out there and uh, score 41, albeit in a losing effort. Let's uh, now get some post-game player sound. Let's start things off with Rudy Gobert. Uh, we'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. 
Rudy, obviously you guys had a great comeback in the fourth quarter, but um, can you kind of take us through what some of the problem areas were that led to you guys being down 18 before that rally? I think they were able to get uh, too many transition points, uh, either off turnovers or, or you know, missed shots, bad, bad shots. And uh, I thought that uh, in half-court defense, we did a, a really good job containing uh, Steph and, and these guys. And, uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, it comes down to the details. And I think it was a great test for us. We, we came up short, but uh, we might see them, see them again. We might not. But we're just going to keep getting better. All right. Next up, Maria Vidal, Tab Deportes. Hi, Rudy. Bonjour, Rudy. Um, despite... <laughs> Hi. Um, despite the loss, how would you describe your journey with the Jazz this season? And do you think, um, I mean, what do you think is the key to stay mentally and emotionally motivated and resilient now that the playoffs are around the corner? I mean, I think it's been, a, for me personally, I think for our group, it's been, a, been an amazing year. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of stuff are going on, uh, the pandemic and, and everything else. But, uh, you know, being able to do, you know, play the game we love and uh, do it at the highest level, you know, and then and, and winning as many games that we've been winning, uh, you know, it's a, you know, it's a blessing. And and obviously, you know, we, we're playing for something bigger. You know, we, we have a dream. We have a goal to win, to win a championship. And uh, we know that, uh, you know, the... The best uh, is going to be is going to start soon. So, you know, it's just about keep enjoying the journey and uh, you know, hopefully we get everybody back healthy. Uh, you know, and uh, we got our our destiny in our hands. So we just gotta you know do what we have to do to achieve our goal. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, uh, early on, I think just in the first quarter, it looked like maybe you were a little bit hesitant on guarding the pick and roll and committing to one person or another. And I'm wondering, is that a function of just seeing how they're going to play the pick and roll? Or if you looked back on that, maybe would you think, I'd like to make a decision sooner? I don't know what play you have in mind. Um, I don't know what club, I mean, I don't know who, but uh, I know that... You know, of course, there's a lot of factors. Uh, obviously, with somebody like Steph, you try to take away the three. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to give him layups. So uh, it takes a team effort, you know, to, to guard him. And, uh, you know, I think for me, it's just be able to, uh, you know, not, be, not always be predictable. And at the same time, you know, uh, make sure we take away the, the easy first option. And uh, I think for the most part tonight, we did a very really good job on Steph. You know, and, uh, you know, it's a little tougher when it's in transition or, you know, after offensive rebound. You know, it's it's, it's tougher, but uh, for the most part, you know, uh, I'm always confident when uh, teams try to put me in a pick and roll. David James, KUTV, up next. Rudy, it was a five-point game at the half, and that fourth quarter was <clears throat> spectacular. But did the focus waver a little bit in the third quarter? What happened that... They they went on a run like that. Yeah, they made a run. I mean, they played with a lot of energy. Uh, they were allowed to do to throw a lot of shots. Lot of, you know, play very physical, and uh, you know, and they took advantage of that. 
you know, we they were able to run on us and, and get easy baskets. And some of their guys, you know, of their second unit were able to to get really comfortable and, you know, hit some shots, uh, hit a half-court shot at the end of the third too. You know, all, all those little things that, you know, gives them confidence. And uh, I think it's on us to, uh, you know, take advantage, uh, especially when those minutes when Steph or Dremont uh, are out, you know, we got to take advantage of that. And, you know, I think our bench is the best bench in the league. And, uh, you know, and usually we, we are able to capitalize on that. We didn't do tonight, but, uh, you know, in the future, we know that, uh, you know, those minutes are, are really important. All right. Last question will be from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, after the uh, Rockets game on Saturday night, several of the guys said they felt like um, they were making. You guys are making progress playing against teams that play switching defenses as opposed to dropping. Given that you saw a lot of that again tonight against Looney and, and Draymond, how do you guys feel like you handled it uh, against the Warriors tonight? I, mean, I think we did. Uh, I would say they're better. They're better at doing this than the Rockets. Obviously, uh, they have more experience doing this, and it's a different game. Uh, for us, but uh, yeah, as long as we we try to you know punish them, move the ball. As long as the ball keeps moving uh, and we keep trying to attack the rim, you know we're able to get uh, threes and we're able to get the rim and we're able to get fouls. So I think we did it at time. You know, I think we obviously we could have done a much better job, and it's on us to you know keep working, keep being better, and try to punish you know the teams when they. When teams want to black on us, we gotta find, we gotta keep getting better. I keep looking to find ways to, you know, uh, get easy baskets at the rim, and you know, uh, we have a lot of great shooters. We have a lot of size, so with teams, you know, we should, we gotta make it harder on them to to, to black on us. And, and punish them. That's Rudy Gobert. Rudy had 10 points last night on four of six shooting, but had 16 rebounds uh, in the losing effort. Let's continue things on with Boyan Bogdanovich. All right. Uh, we'll have first question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Boyan, uh, I know you guys said that um, after the Rockets game on Saturday night, you felt like some progress had been made in, in how you played against teams at switch. How do you feel like you did in that area tonight? And, and also kind of what were the problems with the turnovers and the, and the transition defense as well? I mean, when you turn over the, the ball, it's tough to tough to play defense, especially against this this kind of, of team. When you have a Steph Curry shooting from uh, from everywhere, basically, so that was the that was probably the reason why we lost the game. It's it's not about it's not about our offense. I think we we did a great job. We scored 170 points, or, or, or I don't know. So I don't think that it's it's our offense. Even even we had a lot of lot of turnovers. Next up, David James, KUTV. You know, there was a lot of good things in this game, but the third quarter is where it got away and they built that big lead. What did you think went wrong in that third quarter? I couldn't hear you. Can you, can you repeat the question? Something's wrong with the... What, what do you think went wrong in the third quarter? That's when they built their huge lead. 
I mean, turnovers. Turnovers probably we didn't play the, the same way like we did on, on the first half. We allowed uh, Steph and Draymond kind of find uh, the other guys, and they were they were pretty hot. They hit a, some some really really tough shots. So, I mean, overall it was good game from uh, from our side. I mean, we were right where we wanted to be. We had a lead and, and a ball, 40 seconds, 40 seconds to go. So great, great fight, but uh, but tough loss, yeah. All right, we have a follow-up from Eric Walden. That will be the last question. Boyan, with, uh, with Don and Mike out, you and JC have obviously had to do a lot more kind of carrying the offense. Um, I think Jordan had 24 in the fourth quarter tonight after – after starting out 0 of 8 from three-point range. Can you just talk about his ability to kind of just get heated up incredibly fast like he did tonight? I mean that's that's who he is. We know how 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 he can get his uh, his shot. No matter if if he is all for ten, he will keep keep shooting. And then that's what we want from him, especially right now when we have uh, those those guys out. But yeah, great great game from his side. I mean we were down eighteen and he he was he was really on fire on on the fourth quarter. So he get us back in uh, get us back in the game. And like I said, that's what we what we all want from from his from his side. There's Boyan Bogdanovich. He had 27 points on 9 of 21, shooting 4 of 9 from 3, 6 uh, rebounds, and 2 assists for Bogey. He also added 2 steals, might I add. Let's uh, wrap up player sound with Jordan Clarkson. We'll start off uh, with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Jordan, just seeing a stat that you're the uh, first player since Lou Will in 1819 to have multiple 40-point games off the bench in a season. Um, obviously, you got off to a slow start tonight and really turned it on in the fourth. Can you kind of just assess how you played overall? Well, um, I mean, we I got a lot of open looks in the first half that didn't go down. Um, you know, just trying to fill it out a little bit, uh, seeing how they was defending. Um, we knew they switched a lot of things, and, um, you know, we're trying to do different things defensively, but you know, I just kept attacking, and uh, second half, I just tried to, you know, will us, um, you know, to a win and uh, to a comeback, and uh, just kept continuing to play, and um, you know, we had a chance to win the game, so uh, you know, I think it worked out. Tony Jones, the Athletic. Um, this is the the second time um, where you guys have given up a lot of live ball turnovers against them. And, you know, they're a team that really converts at a high percentage of those, uh, going forward, if you were to see this team again, I mean, how, how important, uh, of an aspect would that part of the be game to be, uh, in the playoffs? Well, I mean, that's probably the, the biggest thing for us is taking care of the ball. You know, we have a chance to, you know, score, um, make plays for each other. You know, the game's easy for us. You know, we, we never out of games. I think it was down close to almost 20 tonight. Uh, we started taking care of the ball. We didn't really have many turnovers towards the end of the game. And, you know, we was converting and, you know, we cut the lead down that fast. So, uh, that's probably our biggest emphasis, um, you know, playing them. And um, if we run into them, you know, I feel like that's probably the biggest emphasis, just taking care of the ball and continue to score and keep doing what we're doing. Like I said, we had a chance to win this game. Um, and, yeah, that's it. 
David James, KOTV. Can you explain to us what what gets you going and flips the switch in the middle of the game? Because you clearly didn't have it going early. At some point, you did. Did you know that moment? Do you kind of know what triggers it? Or is it a mystery to you and it just happens? No, it's just a flow of the game. It's just part of it. Uh, you know, shots stop falling. Um, it's crazy. The shots in the first half were way more open than the shots I took in the second half. So, um, you know, a lot more tougher and you know, degree of difficulty, but, you know, it's just one of those things it's the flow of the game, you know, start making shots, start getting out in transition. Uh, we get stops and, you know, we keep playing and, and scoring. Uh, I think we play a fun style of basketball. So, you know, it's going to flow and, you know, it just happens. You know, it happens for anybody. You know, you see Boyan going off for of 40 the other night, uh, you know, big games from, you know, guys all year. So, uh, I think it's just kind of one of those things that just happens through the game organically. Uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Jordan, when you get the ball with like 12, 13 seconds left and you drive to the rim there, what are you seeing on that play? And then do you think you were fouled on that play? Um, not necessarily. Um, you know, I had a good chance of, you know, finishing that at the rim. Uh, I feel like the, the shot before that um, on the left wing in front of our bench um, was probably more of a, uh, you know, should be reviewed and maybe looked at because I feel like, you know, that was more of a foul than anything. Uh, just maybe it was the guy that was guarding me. You know, he couldn't call a foul on late that game. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, we had a shot to win the game. We, had a, we were in position. Uh, a few little things at the end. Um, well, throughout the whole game, could have put us over the top tonight. So, like I said, we fought hard, showed that we didn't have no uh, no quit in us. And, you know, we ain't never out of game. So, we just going to keep continue to play uh, our style and, um, and do what we do. So, there's Jordan Clarkson, 41 points, 16 of 33 shooting, 5 of 16 from uh, from 3. Uh, but albeit uh, the Jazz come up just a bit short, they lose to the Warriors 119 to 116. Up next for the Utah Jazz in the final week of the regular season, they'll have the Portland Trailblazers uh, coming up tomorrow night. The game was initially scheduled to start at 7. It got picked up by ESPN, so the game will start at 7.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30. There's the best to the postgame show when we come back. What is trending? All the headlines, the Jazz, the Warriors, what a crazy game. The Spurs with a uh, impressive win over the Bucks. Maybe the Spurs will be able to beat the Suns down the stretch. And the Portland Trailblazers are hot as they come in to play the Jazz on Wednesday night. We'll get to all of that next. What is trending on the way on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.